and welcome to today's episode of Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, I'm going to be chatting with Lou Davies as we talk about her personal journey as she recovered from alcoholism and how that allowed her to really get to know herself and find a new found appreciation for the world around her. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you ever so much for coming along to chat to me today. So we've known of each other for quite a few years, but more recently we've spent more time together because you're training with me as a hypnotherapist and you've done your first and second view Reiki with me. Yeah. But you have got a really interesting and important story that I think is worthwhile sharing because I think it could help a lot of people. Yeah. So do you want to just introduce yourself and then we'll go for it? Yeah, so I'm new. Um, I've been in Lincoln 12 years, not originally from here, but moved here 12 years ago. And I have my son, who's 21. And yeah, that, that's not all me, but that's some of me. Yes. Yeah. And you've had quite a journey of self-discovery over the last few years, haven't you? Yeah. Um, yeah, so four and a half years ago is probably where the biggest shifts and changes began. So I decided on the 19th of July, 2019, to stop drinking. Okay. Completely. And that was a big thing for you, wasn't it? It was a huge thing for me um, because alcohol had, um, I don't really like to say define me, but it had. Mm-hmm. Um, it was in every part of my life. Yep. And my life pretty much evolved around alcohol. Mm-hmm. Even though I had a great job, um, um, I was married and, you know, did the school run, yummy mummy and my big car and I had a great job and I had a beautiful home and everything looked good on the outside. Uh-huh. Um, and now looking back, I think that's the... When people say about that mask, um, and I'd created a personality mm-hmm. that I thought, so I thought I had to have those material things to be accepted. Yep. And um, it was quite debilitating because mm-hmm. even though I had all those things, I weren't me. Yes. Um, and it's it's bizarre because my best friend, um, so we've known each other since we were eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and she says now, so she's known my whole journey. Um, and she says, you've always been that person. Yep. But, and, and she always saw that. Mm-hmm. She said, but then when you drank, you just changed. Yep into somebody completely different Mm -hmm. but also because I showed that side to her I don't necessarily uh, so I trust I have trust issues and Mm -hmm. um I never really truly show who I was to other people yep there was quite a lot of hiding Mm -hmm. yeah so was that just hiding externally from other people or was that also hiding from yourself hiding from yourself Okay. Yeah. So that's a big thing, isn't it, to become aware of? A huge thing to become aware of. 
And, you know, so I went to AA. Mm -hmm. So no one really wants to knock on the doors of AA, but I can say it saves lives. Yep. Um, So for me, it completely and utterly changed my life. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And it, the the preconceptions that people have of such organizations are not how they really are no. it was a tribe I came home and I could sit and I could talk to people that felt exactly the same as me mm-hmm. I never felt like I fitted in when I was younger because I was very spiritual I was always very different yes you know I um didn't have a pinup I looked at people like um, Nelson Mandela and with the trader and I wanted to be a nun when I was <laughs> <laughs> enough and kind of go and help out in the killing rooms in Japan so there was net I never felt I felt in like in somebody else's oh I love my body I felt like I was in somebody else's body yeah um and I think the spiritual so I, I follow a 12-step program and you know it's a 12-step program and it's a spiritual program and it's a program of suggestion mm-hmm. um you know, my life had become unmanageable. Yep. And I was powerless over so alcohol. What was the point that you recognised that there was a problem? Was there a defining moment or was it gradual over time that you began to realise it started to over- take over everything? So I was always a party girl. Mm-hmm. But again, that was an identity. Yes. So people knew me as Loopy Lou and the party girl and, you know, I was always where the party was. And, of course, I had years in catering. So it was kind of part and parcel of that. Um, on reflection, I can look and I can think everything that ever went wrong or whenever I upset somebody. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, those terrors in the morning where you go through the phone, <laughs> and it's like, who have I messaged? Who have I rang? What have I said? You know, and it's real. And mm-hmm. that fear and that anxiety, and you have to be such a strong person to be able to wake up and go through that because it's torture. Yeah. But I started uh, more and more about two years before I decided to stop. Um, my friend who I spoke about previously had said, mm-hmm. I I drink quite a lot. Mm-hmm. And of course, I was drinking red wine and, and champagne. So I didn't have an issue. I was drinking the good drinks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, but, and I weren't pouring vodka on my cornflakes or all of those cliches or whatever. But my Laura Ashley sofa was my park bench, if you like. Mm-hmm. It's about those similarities. So in the end, I was drinking two bottles of wine a night. Gosh, bless you. Which then that's going to have an impact on everything, isn't everything. it? Everything. But I still managed to work. Uh-huh. So it never impeded on... Because it didn't have... Um, it had more of an effect on me. Mm-hmm. And it did have an effect on the people around me. And for that, you know, I'm truly grateful for the people that did stick by me. Um, and, you know, I did... Me and my husband did divorce. Yep. Um, and alcohol was a major player in that. Um. And, you know, making amends and all of those things have been a part of this this journey. But I kind of niggle, knew, mm-hmm. but couldn't imagine my life without it. Yeah. 
because what would I do at parties? And who would I be? <laughs> yes. You know, and it's okay. So giving up drink is is the easy part. It's then like, oh, the reflection. Yeah. The who am I? Mm-hmm. What's been my part to play in all of these things? Yeah. Where you've blamed everybody else and mm-hmm. been resentful to everybody else. So it was a massive, massive um, journey of acceptance. Yeah. And self-love. Mm-hmm. But it's a big thing, isn't it? Because when you come aware that you're having to face all of your shadows, which is a really brave thing to do. And I think that's why often people have different addictions, because it's tricky to face yourself. It was my coping mechanism. So mm-hmm. Garber Marte, um, I love when he says the addiction is the solution. It's not the problem. It's the solution to the problem. Yeah. Whatever the problem is. Um, so a step four is where you do a moral inventory um, of your yourself. And it's, for a lot of people, quite a scary step. For me, I was like, right, let's get to it. Let's, I wanted to unearth everything. And not everybody experiences that, you know, that was my unique journey. This is my... You are quite like that, aren't you? When you I, actually decide to go for something, you really go for it. God, yeah. <laughs> so for me, making that decision, and I think previously because of my ex-husband knows how driven and determined and stubborn I can be, it was like, why... Why can't you? Why can't you stop? But it weren't my time mm-hmm. until the time that it came that I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yeah, I'd had. I, I was on the floor. It mm-hmm. was like God, just yeah, save me. Yeah, help. Yeah. So as you went through that twelve-step process, what other sort of things did you need to do? Um, accept my part to play mm-hmm. in. Um, my behavior and accept that the past is never going to disappear but looking at your power to play and how you have reacted so I lived a very reactionary life yeah so I either had one foot in the past or or one foot in the present you know and it was kind of like when you first go into um, a recovery journey it's like one day at a time yeah and I'd never lived I was always you know, organising this or planning that or, you know, because I was always trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and that sounds quite bizarre, but I'm sure people that can relate to that. And I know for me, I was, and I am, mm-hmm. an everyday ordinary person living an everyday ordinary life that has experienced and think that I know other people experience yeah but don't want to admit it because why would you want to admit mm-hmm. it and I didn't choose to I don't really like the word alcoholic but you kind of have to admit I don't really like labels so I had an issue and I I was I had no control over drink you know and it was controlling me yeah um so it was about taking taking that power back mm-hmm. but that's uh scary because I knew it yeah you know as much as I knew it was awful mm-hmm. and when it was getting to the point where I would lie and I would you know and I would think or oh, I'd go past the truck and think, no I won't drink tonight I'll go on I've had a hard day yeah just the one glass and you know it's never going to be one glass and I used to look at people like if I'd go to their houses and they'd have like half a bottle of wine on the side and I'm like 
Yeah. And half a bottle of wine has probably been there a week. <laughs> no matter, really. So you kind of, you know, mm-hmm. it's just you don't want to accept or admit it. Yep. And, you know, on the on the other side of, because it, it, it is uncomfortable, any change is uncomfortable, but it's, you know, for me, my life changed mm-hmm. dramatically. And they say living your life beyond your wildest dreams and I could finally be me. Yep. And make no excuses for that. Mm-hmm. And yes, I'm odd. <laughs> and yes, I'm quirky. And yes, I'm different. And yes, I still have things that I have to work on and work yep. through, you know, and I will for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. But I think clearly. I was yep. able to go through a divorce. You know, my father died last year. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been big things. We moved out of like, uh, my. My, my son moved from our, you know, home that we knew. But everything I've been able to do with clarity, yep, with a sound mind, mm-hmm. no anxiety, yep, anxiety disappeared mm-hmm. the day I stopped drinking. The anxiety just dispersed. Wow. So was anxiety then something that was a consequence of the alcohol, or was that something that had been underneath anyway? It had been underneath anyway, mm-hmm. so the irony is then kind of drink to, that was part and parcel of the whole barrel of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, but then the anxiety from the drink is just, it, it's awful. Yeah. Really awful. But you get used to it, mm-hmm. so you know it. But then I know that I create, you know me, I'm, I'm always on the go and I'm always doing something, my mind's always... So I have to create the, like, chaos, but sometimes <laughs> uh, from a young age, I lived in a household, you know, we, we were loved and we were taken care of, but it was quite um, unpredictable. Yeah. And um, so know that feeling. Uh-huh. So I reproduce that feeling. Yeah. Because it's my safe place your familiarity isn't it yeah even though I don't enjoy it mm-hmm. but you know what that yeah yeah and so many people I have to be really mindful that I wake up in the morning so I wake up I do half an hour's meditation I write in the journal I have a book that I read um from Melody Beatty who also went through her own recovery mm-hmm. um of codependency um substance abuse and alcohol she also lost her son um, um, so she kind of went through all of that but she went through that sober and clean mm-hmm. so I read um, excerpts out of her book each day as well and I pray amazing and it's a God of my own understanding and no longer do I apologise when I say God because you find yourself saying oh sorry and I know that um, a lot of people can think that the programme that I follow is um, like a it's all about God and yes it is but it's, it's about yep and I was looking without to fill that mm-hmm. whereas the work you have to go within yep and I know that I can go anywhere in the world because I've got me mm-hmm. and my higher power yep and as much as I love the re- wonderful beautiful relationships that I have in my life I have my higher power Mm -hmm. so no matter where I am no matter what I'm going through 
I have that. And no one can take away from me what God has given me. Amazing. And that is loving me. Mm-hmm. And that takes, that's the work. Yeah. It doesn't just happen. No, that's a continual thing, isn't it? To keep yeah. refining. Yeah. Amazing. And tweaking. But it's such a, it's such a peaceful feeling. And sometimes you, you know, I'm my worst, I'm my inner critic. <laughs> I beat myself up. But I have to sometimes look at, okay, what's the lesson? Everything in life. And, you know, I've had some rough stuff happen. Yep. Um, I was in an abusive relationship. And, you know, that's part and parcel of, you know, a barrel of stuff. But I even was able to look at that as to what the strength that that gave me. Yep. Because I can't change it. No, I can't change anything. What I can change is how I look upon those things, mm-hmm. um, you know, and and how I accept. Acceptance was the massive um, game changer for me. Yeah, because it just changes, um, changes everything. It does. It allows everything to be reframed, doesn't it, yeah. in a more positive light? And it's also when you're thinking. Just my whole um, my whole thought process changed. So I've always been quite a spiritually connected um, human anyway. So I've always been in touch with that side. Mm-hmm. But the alcohol stopped that. Yeah. And that's probably a bigger reason why I would never, I mean, I'll never drink again anyway because my life is just too amazing without it. But I couldn't. Uh, that connection to my higher power, to God, you know, whatever anyone wants to call it. Your higher power can be anything. I mean, gosh, I'm sat in a room with a group of people. Someone had a lamppost for their higher power. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But you know there is a power greater than yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't make this world. Yes. I didn't make the trees. Mm -hmm. You know, so there is that higher power. And when you can really go within and be peaceful enough to go within, accept enough to go within, and humility. Yep. To really be humble enough to know that I matter mm-hmm. and everybody else matters. Absolutely. Uh, and it's about a fellowship of, um, I think I, I accept people. I'm different with people. Mm-hmm. I've always been good with people, but I'm different with people than when I was because I used to be quite erratic uh-huh. and very reaction. But I think you start to become more aware when you go on this sort of this more spiritual journey and connecting and honouring yourself. Mm-hmm. You also recognise that everybody else is on a journey as well. Yeah. And yes, people make mistakes. Yes, sometimes their behaviours aren't very nice. And we don't necessarily have to tolerate that if that isn't good for us. But you can start to separate the behaviours and reactions of people from the core of their being. And I think you start to recognise that people have got a core of goodness within them and you yeah. can separate the person from the behaviours a lot more easily. I think also when you understand, when you know that you've, you know, you've had your own journey, you don't know what a person's showing up with today. No. You don't know, you know, five minutes ago, somebody in their life could have, passed away or you know you don't know 
they could be drinking, they could be taking, they could have they, and they mm-hmm. have their own journey. Yeah. And they don't see the world the way you see it. Mm-hmm. Because they're not you. Yes. But that's okay. Mm-hmm. So just stop. Yeah. Honor them. Mm-hmm. Honor them as much as you. When we when we honor ourselves, that's when you can honor another. Yes. Truly. Mm-hmm. Because I don't get angry with people because I love myself too much. Yeah. Why? I don't want. If somebody else's behavior is somebody else's behavior, it's a behavior. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not something that you need to take on and carry, is it? Because it's not your responsibility. Unless, and then if it is squirreling me, I have to think, hmm, what is it about that behavior <laughs> in me? Because usually when something's irritating me, mm-hmm. it's usually, yeah, God's saying, oh, okay, maybe you need to look at that within yourself. Yeah. And that can be quite tiring at times because you constantly... It's that constant awareness, learning, growth cycle. And sometimes you think, oh, can I not just have a day where I can just like chill out and watch a bit of television and not have to think about it. But I think when you become aware and you start reflecting like that and you develop, there's always something to refine. And there always will be. Yep. And like as a therapist or a coach or... You know, nobody's got their stuff together. What is that even, you know? Um, I did a retreat last year with 22 other different people from all very different walks of life. And the human condition within all of us is just the same. We all kind of think, oh my goodness, uh, they're going to think this, they're going to think, no one cares. It's like, just (laughs) because they're thinking what you're thinking. And once you unify and, you know, and come together with people and just... None of us, self-care. Uh-huh. Self-care is something that as a society, um, you know, I can't say a civilization. I think the East do it far better than we do. But in the West, in the West I just, we, we are not able to take compliments. We are not able to give ourselves compliments. Uh-huh. Oh, you big-headed. I love myself. Yes. I can look in the mirror every day and say, I'm strong. Uh-huh. I'm powerful. I'm courageous. I love who I am. Yeah. And I take that into this world. And if that can raise somebody else's vibration, then that is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Just smiling. I see a homeless guy every day when I walk into town. I yeah. don't give him a pound. But I give him a smile and I say, morning. Yep. And he says, morning back. And probably people will just walk past him in the uh-huh. room. You know. So it, it, it starts with self. Absolutely. And, uh, and that's what I always say to people when, they're sort of worrying about the state of the world and everything that's happening. And they're like, oh, how can I change things? Change you. Just go back to yourself. Change you. What can you improve about yourself? What can you refine? What can you heal? How can you grow? Because the more you work on yourself, the better you are within yourself, the more you like yourself, and the more you show up for everyone else in your life. And then that has a ripple effect. And when, you know, when I was drinking, I, I weren't able to, well, I weren't being authentic. Mm-hmm. So that's another really big thing for me. Um, and having just changed a career path, I don't know if that's what you call it. Um, so I've chosen to come out of something and into something else. And it's really uh, reflecting yep. on my 
I'm being authentic. Yes. So I'm a leader. Mm-hmm. I'm a born leader. Um, but I lead with dignity. Yeah. I lead with honour, mm-hmm. diligence and integrity. Yeah. And I expect that of others. Yes. <laughs> Which is okay when you are the leader, you know, where I've been previously mm-hmm. and then going into another um different setting let's just say uh, and you've seen things go on it's difficult for me yes because um I don't want to sound like that the, the person that thinks that she knows everything because I don't know everything mm-hmm. um I know what's right for me yep and I would hope that I'm a person that I always try and do I look at everything if it's going to be for the good of all yeah if it's not for the good of all, mm-hmm. then it's not worth it. Yep. We've got to look at how it can be for the good of all. Mm-hmm. So um, it's really interesting for me to be authentic and um, the fine line between being authentic and being outspoken. <laughs> and at the moment, uh-huh. this is what's showing up for me. Okay. Uh, which is really, really interesting. Mm-hmm. This is my kind of lesson. Um, and I suppose being more responsive than reactive, if I look at the difference of how I would have been had I been drinking, yep. to the difference I am mm-hmm. now, I'm able to just not contain it, but contain it not in a way where I'm not going to do something um, about it, but I'm able to be reflective. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and at the minute, until I've sorted out in my own mind how it would be for the good of all, mm-hmm. I won't proceed until I can see that plan and that strategy. I think that's amazing and really positive. And I know, obviously, I have to say, I've, keeps I've... me up at night. <laughs> <laughs> But I think maybe that's the key difference from when I first met you, because I met you years ago. And then you more recently got back in contact and said you wanted to learn the Reiki. And you told me how we'd met. I do remember you, but you seemed so different. And it took me a little while to really piece the two together, just because I think, I don't know, you'd come across in a different way now, but in a more authentic way. And I think that's so lovely to see your growth over that period of time. I can remember coming, I was probably big and bold as brown. Yes. <laughs> larger than life because I had to, I'm quite a confident, I'm just naturally, um, but I didn't think I was confident. That's why I drank for so many years. Mm-hmm. This has been a great unearthing and I think I'm more, I think when you're um, in tune with yourself, there is a it's just a natural i'm i'm good with who i am yeah i have nothing to prove to anybody mm-hmm. so i don't need a big black range rover anymore parked outside to define sure. who i am because that's where i'd got to i mm-hmm. remember driving along and this makes some people laugh and i was driving along and i just thought oh, am i a range rover <laughs> Is that all I've become? Yeah. And I look back now and I think, 
my days, when people come to my funeral, are they going to go, there she is. She drove the Range Rover. No, I want people at my funeral to be, wow. I remember mm-hmm. when we had this conversation. Yeah. I remember when she held my hand. I remember when we laughed. We laughed so much, you know. So it was mad that my life, had, I'd become so meaningless yeah. and so worthless. Mm-hmm. that I'd allowed that to happen so I had all you can have all the money in the world yeah but unless you have you mm-hmm. you have nothing yeah nothing at all mm-hmm. and you are worthless and no one deserves that no no one deserves that and you know we we do have to take responsibility for ourselves mm-hmm. and we can blame the world and we can blame what's going on and we can blame our parents and we can blame an ex and we can blame all of those things. No one's coming to help you. Yeah. No one's coming to give you a big hug that's going to take mm-hmm. those things away. The hard-ass fact is if you want to change, you got to change. Yeah. you got to change the way you think. you got to mm-hmm. be what you've never been. You know, doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Insanity. <laughs> so... You know, you have to put that work in. And that is the, that's, I guess, why a lot of people stay. Uh-huh. Um, but beyond that, you know, that work, life is just magical. Absolutely. And I think that's, what, that's the key message that keeps going through. Everybody I know that's been going through this process in mm. whatever methods they've used, whatever types of therapies, whatever types of healing work they've done on themselves, it's magical as you get through that. And it can be really hard when you're going through the tough bits. Gosh. Really, you can feel like, oh my gosh, is this never going to end? How am I going to get through it? But you do, and you come out the other you side do. and everything looks brighter. You feel more alive. You connect with other people at a soul level. They're no longer the body they're in. It's, it's having an experience. And the world, everything becomes very transformative in a really positive way. And I just think it's... You so- see the world in a... You see everything through different a different different eyes mm-hmm. because so for me when I was drinking I you know I go back to that but that's that um that was a massive process of my life of hiding so you know this is this is me this is who I, mm-hmm. I've always been it's such a is it a shame it's just my story it is what it is you know but having that it's so interesting you saying I was a different person because I can imagine yeah um but <clears throat> that it's, I remember going through um, part of my kind of healing process and I just remember everything looked pink. Yeah. Uh, and when you go through each step, you live the step, but everything was like, <laughs> and you look at a butterfly, yeah. you look at a leaf. I go for a walk, just, you cannot imagine. Um, and when you're in that, I don't really want to swear, but when you're in that, that really rubbish place. That really <laughs> rubbish place. That real, real rubbishy place. But but you know it, so it's your mm-hmm. safe place, but it's rubbish. Yep. And on the other side of that, by that just making those changes, and it's a process, but on the other side of that is just pure <clears throat> bliss, mm-hmm. beauty, peace. Yep. And yeah, life happens and you know, every day is not, don't float around in a little carpet, <laughs> even though in my own little world I probably do. But because you are so connected, 
you know that things will pass. Absolutely. But I'm more abundant. Opportunities come my way. People come into my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's been amazing. I love how our journey has gone full <laughs> cycle. Because I, I remember coming in and going, right, you need a cancellation process and you need this and you need that. She you were one of my very early clients. So was I even in the cabin by the time? So I'd been in the cabin, but probably not very long. So only a few months qualified, yeah. really. So it was really early days when you first came. I must came. have terrified you. <laughs> well, I was so timid and meek and fearful at the time because I'd gone into this profession, no, no, what to do, but it was, I was very much still in shell shock because yeah. I'd planned on doing it as a very gradual thing. I'd transitioned because I knew I had to get out of the profession that I was in. But all of a sudden, I'd just, through my own making, resigned, put in a grievance and thrown myself into it. I just had to make it work. But I love that <laughs> because I love your journey and I look now where you are and it's like, you know, I aspire to do the things you're doing, but I just love, and it's the fact of, the, the pure irony of me, ballsy me, coming in there with all of that cunt. And I just think, oh, my days. And it, I, I keep going to the word, it's a shame, but I don't really like that. But there's obviously a reason why that's coming up. And shame, I suppose, is a massive thing around, um, you know, the things that happen when you've been, you know, 20 years I drank. Mm-hmm. And yes, okay, it got progressively worse, but there were times when things had happened as well. But shame, shame is a massive, massive thing that, um, and that's probably why that word keeps coming up, that surrounds alcohol, yep. um, misuse, abuse, whatever you want to call it. You, you know, if you're drinking too much, then, you know, you will be feeling shameful about that. And mm -hmm. I went to the doctors and the doctor said, oh, just don't buy a bottle of wine. Which isn't very helpful or useful when you've got a problem. It really isn't. No. And then I had some blood tests, so, and they said that my red blood cells were enlarged. Um, so I was getting to that process where I was starting to feel, my body was feeling it. Mm -hmm. um, and I knew that, wow, did I know I had to do something about it at that time? No. So I was going through a process, yeah. So about two years before I actually decided to completely stop, mm -hmm. um, which was influenced by my husband saying, right, that's it. Yeah. I mean, even though we did get divorced anyway, but I went for him and as a family, but in the end, I was there for me. Mm -hmm. And it had to be for me. Yeah. Um, and I went to a meeting every, every night mm -hmm. for about two months. That's amazing. Yeah. You should be so proud of yourself for that, though, because you've come such a long way, haven't you? I Yeah, it's something, again, even though for me, it's to say it's been easy is not the right thing to say, but it was obviously the right time for me, mm -hmm. the right program for me. Yeah. Um, and I just embraced it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I say to people that come to work with me when they've had addictions or mm -hmm. other issues that, do you know what, yes, you might have attempted to make the changes in the past, but Never maybe you didn't have the right set of tools available to you, the right set of support. Sometimes we need that external process and that guidance to help us. And, th and that's basically why you're here to see me. Yeah. And we'll work through it and find a way. And if I'm not the right person, then we find somebody that is the right person for yeah. you. And it's, like you say, it's, it's been the right time, the right set of circumstances. Yeah. It's been ready 
yes, you might be scared, but you, you get to that point where you know you have to make a change. And I think once you come, say, my, <clears throat> my um, introduction to hypnotherapy was years and years. Um, I think my son was probably about three years old. So I was 28, 29, and I suffered really bad panic attacks, but I'd been in a really, um, I'd been in a not so good relationship. Mm -hmm. And there was lots of things going on. I think then kind of things from past and whatever. And it was literally, and it is, now I know, your body saying, hey, stop. Yeah. Or slow down. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> and it was really hard for me. I was running two businesses and I had a small child. So, and I had to move back home. That's how kind mm -hmm. of bad it had got. And I was just like, I just need, I've just got to get myself help. And I wouldn't take tablets or anything like that. The doctor, God love the medical profession for what, and there is uses for it but yeah. for me holistic is all the mm -hmm. this is our this is our ancestry this is our um how we would be tribally in community mm -hmm. you look at anything so going into a group of people it's like a tribe i had a tribe i had a community i had a fellowship yeah people that i know wherever i'm in the world i can go to a fellowship yeah so you know that was a massive thing because Everybody in that fellowship, at one point in their life, felt like they didn't belong anywhere, felt mm -hmm. like the misfit, but we all come together. Yeah. But that's how I got into um, how I found hypnotherapy, and it really, really helped with anxiety mm -hmm. for me. So I think I had like six sessions. And then I remember reading something in a book where it just said, remember, you control it. It does not control you. Mm -hmm. And I just read those words. And it was just like miraculous. Wow. But had I not had the hypnotherapy mm -hmm. and again, you know what I'm researching everything and kind of trying to find out, you know, and do things as best I possibly mm -hmm. could. Um, and once I'd read that, I was like, and whenever I feel anything or any anxiety, you know, I've just gone through some massive changes. Wow, was the anxiety really kind of ramping up? Mm -hmm. But I just thought the universe has always taken care of me. Yep. This is just a feeling. Mm -hmm. It's really uncomfortable. Yep. But the growth that's going to be in it. Yeah. And that's the thing, it's recognizing there is going to be growth in those feelings. And actually, they are transitory, they do pass. They do. And it's about doing the work. Yeah. And you know what? We all get the same 24 hours. Mm -hmm. We all have choices to make. Yep. And the only thing that differentiates me between somebody else is the choices we make. Mm -hmm. So I've chose to make the choices I've made to make a better life for myself. Yep. Everybody else has that choice. Absolutely. that door is there for everybody. Yeah. You know, I knocked on the door of AA. That door is there for anyone. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's your choice. And that's why I wanted you here to talk about this because I find when I listen to you, I feel very empowered because mm. I think your story is incredible. And I think you've gone on to do so much learning now. So you've obviously done your life coaching. Yeah. You've done your Reiki. You've done IEMT. You're yeah. training in hypnotherapy. You've NLP. done some NLP. Um, and you're using all of these skills now. Mm to go forward and now help other people. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. 
So do you want to share just a little bit about what you're doing with all of that and how it's going to develop? Yeah, um, so I've set up Open House Coaching and Wellbeing. So that is um, coaching one-to-one, but also um, my passion is, now I know, uh, people in business. Yeah. So it really is my next kind of level and people executives. Mm -hmm. So I know it was something that I've been working on. So I've been looking at the more one-to-one kind of things. But I think for me, my progression is definitely working with, so I was on the boards and, you know, no one's ever there for you. Yep. Um, you're always there for everybody else. So mm-hmm. I want to kind of set up that group where I can be there for, um, you know, executive women, empowering yeah. women um, and being there for them, coaching them, you know, a morning kind of catch up and, you know, getting their getting them ready for their day mm-hmm. and giving them empowerment because people think that everybody is women and you know but it's no one's actually there for them yeah and I've experienced that mm-hmm. so more of those kind of things and people in business yeah. um it's such a passion that I thought I was able to get away from but it's <laughs> not it's who I am and that's I think so I know you went through that phase of oh I'm moving away from it but then everything but, I've been listening is you've been doing the hypnotherapy training and the Reiki and everything you always come back to it and you light up when you talk yeah, about it. And I just thought, yeah. And I didn't think it was, <laughs> but it's weird. So I've had to go, I've had to leave what I was doing previously. And I still have, you know, I'm still, I met um, the managing director of my old company and I'm still very closely connected to uh-huh. that company. It is a, I, I love it. And we created such a wonderful culture there. And I know I can, we can do it. So for me, it's just replicating that in businesses. And it's so important because people just have the eye on the profit and loss or eye on the bottom line or, you know, this target, that target, this target. That's all okay. But you've got to have the people motivated, inspired to hit those targets. Otherwise, you're not going to get the best out of them and it's going to make it so much harder to achieve those targets if the people aren't okay. And this is where I am right now. I'm just, you know, I took... Um, I wanted to just put my coaching to the test and that's what I'm doing at the minute you know I am coaching but on a one-to-one level within a, an organization um, as well as doing my own stuff but it's just I am learning so much more about me but I had to come out of my safety net and I loved where I was before mm-hmm. you know but I'd felt like I, I felt like I'd um Achieve, I felt like I'd done my work there yeah. and everybody was fine. I'd put all their ducks in a row and I'd put, everybody was doing, mm-hmm. and they are, they're doing absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And it, it lights my heart up. Um, but now it's kind of, I didn't think, I'm realising what is really important to me. And you're right, when I talk about that, it lights me up. I love change. Uh-huh. I really enjoy <laughs> change. I do embrace change. Yep. Not many people do, but I really like, mm-hmm. love it, roll with it. And a lot of people don't. Yeah. And a lot of people can't take feedback. Mm-hmm. So it is also about have, being able to articulate that feedback and learning every individual person to be able to give them feedback in a positive and constructive way. Yeah. And motivate and lift. Mm-hmm. So what I thought I was actually <laughs> meant to do has completely li- not been scrapped but has been 
it's you incorporating mm. all of those skills, yeah. isn't it, really? It's not leaving one to go no. into something else. It's combining. Yeah. And I think that's amazing. And I think it's so desperately needed. Yeah. And so that's my, um, yeah, that's my trajectory. That's my thing that lights me up. Yeah. And I could just see that as I was listening to you. I mean, you're quite animated anyway in your expression. We both are. I think we must be quite interested if someone was sat watching us because our arms go all over the place and we move about. Like, not one of those discos, you know. It's like <laughs> when you've got the headphones on, you can imagine me and you like chatting away. <laughs> but when you started talking about that just then, you became even more yeah. expressive. And I think that shows that that does really light you up. And I think that's a really important part of life of where are your passions? What mm. lights you up? What makes you feel alive? What makes you feel like you're also, present? I thought I was, I thought, I was doing one thing and I'm, I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought I was doing this and I've made this decision and I've done this. And I've done... Calm down. Yeah. You've done it for a reason. Yes. The universe has pushed you right out of your comfort zone, right out of your comfort zone into something completely unexpected Yeah. to really shine that light and reflect that mirror on me. So I haven't failed. Mm-hmm. And that's what usually I would be thinking. And over this last week, I've been, I've got to do this, I've got to do it. Just stop. Mm-hmm. Breathe. Yeah. Centre. Mm-hmm. Meditate. Yes. And then write, okay, what is lighting me up? Mm-hmm. And once you calm that mind, and I know people find it difficult, I, I have the most hectic mind. Yeah. Practice. And once you're in that quiet space, the messages come. Absolutely. It's it's that going back within, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, So that's where, like, that's where I've been. So even though I have that journey, it's still carrying on. And the journey is here and will progress. Amazing. So we're about at the end. So just before we finish up, have you got any final words that you would like to leave our listeners with? Be true to who you are. And if you can be anything in the world, be yourself. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, get to know yourself because you'll be surprised and mystified at what you find. Amazing. So thank you ever so much. So if anybody's wanting to work with you, how can they find you? They can find me. So my website is Open House um, Wellbeing. And yeah, so have a look on there. So you can ring, you can book online. Um, there's a free uh, consultation for half an hour so we can get to know each other and see if, you know, how we're going to work together if you want to work with me. So, yeah. Wonderful. So thank you so much for being here. So and thank you to all of our listeners for today. Uh, we shall speak to you again soon. Take care and bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe. If you would like to find out more about the therapies that we provide and the training we offer, please visit our website www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. You can also find us on social media.